0: Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to another Wednesday night. And if it's Wednesday night, you know it's time for Know Your Enemy here on Behind the Steel Curtains, family of podcasts. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Here with me, as always, Shannon White. Shannon, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Good to see my buddy Frank here with us. and Ready to talk some Bengals Steelers football.
0: Yeah, and here with us to talk Bengals football. Uh, the Bengals on our, teach us more about the Bengals, Frank from the unofficial Ben Woogles podcast, Frank, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, Jeffrey. It's nice to finally come on the air with you. And Shannon had a blast last time,
0: my friend. Definitely. Yeah, I was not here for week one. Uh, it was a fun one, but week one, the Steelers had a really good result. I, I watched the show. I know no one was really expecting that result. Mm-hmm. I certainly wasn't, uh, T.J. Watt and Minkovitz Patrick just taking absolute advantage of the Bengals' choice to rest Joe Burrow oh, instead of putting him in danger in the preseason, pulling out a steal, a win for the Steelers there with just absolute insanity. Uh, I, I said at the time it was like our Super Bowl, but hey, if that's what it takes, if you have to approach that bowl, <laughs> that game like it's the only game that matters to beat the Bengals when they're not really ready, you do it. Uh it was the shoes, oh, baby. Yeah. The shoes. Yeah, it was <laughs> the you shoes. Remember
1: that? You remember that commercial? I do
0: remember the black, the black uh Air Force Ones that had to be painted because they couldn't get enough black shoes. And they had to hire a guy to paint them. But they won that game. Frank, how bad was that moment for Bengals fans losing week one to the Steelers? How bad was that?
2: Well, as you know, Jeff, we when when we play the Steelers, all Bengal fans are like, "Wow, this is Steelers Week." So we put yeah. a lot of a lot of importance on playing you guys, and you caught us. You were way more prepared to play that game. TJ Watt was outstanding. Minka Fitzpatrick was outstanding. You, you beat us at home. Divisional loss. It was just like a major, major gut punch to us uh, in that game and you know i was telling on my podcast i was saying to people like don't just count this as a win just because we came off the super bowl and pittsburgh's kind of rebuilding with new quarterbacks i was like this is divisional pittsburgh is no matter what your record is you're a tough team to play so i wasn't surprised by it but man i was upset it ruined
1: it ruined my week man (laughs) frank i gotta ask how's your long snapper this week (laughs) <laughs>
2: and that was it. and he's one of my favorite players too because i'm from new jersey he's from new jersey i went to Rutgers. he went to Rutgers. the whole deal he's yeah. like one of my unsung guys he hasn't had like an unplayable snap in his whole career no lie yeah and he gets hurt burrow leads us to that joe burrow magic at the end i'm like oh we got mm-hmm. these guys you know and yep. you know the end result one and oh for the steelers oh and one for the Bengals.
1: When I mean nobody could have predicted. We talked a lot, you know, before the yeah. the first game, but nobody could have predicted that the long snapper for either team would be that important. But Man. it was—he actually was—and which you know happens very rarely. But um, I wanted to pick your brain a second. Um, you know, since Chase's went out, Chase was is so valuable to that team last year. Burrow became Burrow. At the NFL level, once he got Chase. And and, and it was just opened up the whole field. It opened up the running game for Mixon. Chase is just so valuable. Well, I've coped the last couple of games without Chase, and they don't look the same. And you know, they he just you have to focus on him because he'll key you deep. You know, he's just so hard to, to stop. Um with him out. Uh, what kind of advantage is that going to give the Steelers and how much is that going to help? Hopefully the Steelers can take mixing because it looks like Mixon isn't having as much success running the ball with chase out either.
2: A hundred percent. And that's what Jamar chase does. Not only does it give you the big play, as we all know, he's one of those guys when you're driving down with two minutes left and, you, and it's a third and nine, you know, that's where Joe Burrow's looking. So there's a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff. It's not just the big splash plays but it, it really is hurting us not having him in the lineup. I know we put up big numbers against the Panthers, but I mean, that's the Panthers, no disrespect to Panthers fans, you know, but with without Jamar Chase in the lineup, it's a major difference. The teams are used to doubling Jamar Chase. So with him out, mm-hmm. now they can take their pick. If they're going to double Boyd or they're going to double Higgins. And it really takes a, a lot out of our offense. It's a major loss. And he's one of those guys, he's like a tank out there. He's, You know, he's not a lanky receiver. He's like a running back at receiver. And really one of those guys I was like, I can't even imagine this guy getting hurt. He's just too tough. But, you know, the injury bug can get anyone. (laughs) And it is true. We are a different offense. No matter if we put up monopoly numbers against the Panthers and against the Falcons, it is not the same team without Jamar Chase.
0: The week before the Panthers, that awful loss to the Browns. What is it right now? Since Joe Burrow comes to the Bengals, 0 and 5 against Cleveland. What what is going on with that with that matchup? And is that is that a rivalry? Has that like ever been a rivalry? Is like I I just gotta wonder like how does that how does that game become what it's become right now?
2: Well, it is the Battle of Ohio, so people from Ohio get really serious about that game, and it is a rivalry. You know the Browns. The Bengals were spawned from the Browns, right, with Paul Brown, you know, creating both teams and whatnot. But they have our number. I just don't get it. They play the rest of the league. They look pedestrian. They play us, and they Mm -hmm. whoop us every time. And I'm going to attribute it to three things. We can't stop Chubb. We have a great run defense, and we just can't stop him. There's something about him. And the Miles Garrett matchup, and you guys know it because the T.J. Watt matchup, obviously Mm -hmm. was one of the main factors in you beating us week one. So it's that same thing, having a dominant pass rusher that Jonah Williams can't stop, Lyle Collins is struggling. So it's really Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb is what's killing us. And I think some coaching too. I think Stefanski just knows how 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 to game plan against us. And they are our kryptonite. And it's unfortunate because I watched them just get whooped the other day on on Mm -hmm. sunday they just got destroyed and i'm like this isn't the same team that comes in here and looks like the super bowl team and even with mayfield they were doing it like joe burrow hasn't beaten baker mayfield i know he beat him this last game with the panthers but man the browns have our number just like i think we have the ravens number i think that you know us and you guys we have a storied history i mean we could talk hours about the history and oh, you yeah. guys have really beat up on us over the decades. You, you really have. But at this point in time, even though you guys are a little down, it's still kind of like you know, give and take. You don't know who's gonna win those games. But when we play the Ravens, I feel pretty good. When we play the Browns, I feel pretty bad.
0: Hmm. They should or- have a trophy uh for any team <laughs> for any team in the AFC North that sweeps the other two like the Ravens, Browns, and and Bengals, they should have a Paul Brown trophy. For if you sweep the other two teams, you get the Paul Brown Trophy. I love because I mean, the Ravens are the Ravens came the Ravens like the Bengals mm-hmm. favorite yes. Paul Brown. The Ravens are the old Browns. The Browns kept the name. The Browns are the only one that hasn't wasn't started by him. And they but they keep they get the history. They should have that. That's that is a thing they should have. So you, you have uh, a, all, the Steelers all of us would three. have won it a couple of times.
2: You have us three inbred teams, I guess, and you guys are the only pure <laughs> ones, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's Rooney, it's the Rooneys versus uh Paul Brown. Yeah. Still
1: to I really want to know how do you feel about the investment the Bengals put into the offensive line? Because the Steelers' offensive line, they're very similar in the fact that the Bengals the line really held them back last year. You know, they they won in spite of a lot of times, uh, which the Steelers have been going through that for the you know last few years. And the Steelers really need to build the foundation of the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, the Beagles did that this offseason. They really went out and, and spent some money there and and invested in that. Uh, how do how do you feel that the the, uh, uh, the turn? Well, not turn. Um, how's how's the investment look so far?
2: Yeah, Shannon, that, that's a good question. And I, I'm gonna before I get into that, I'm gonna parallel that with you guys. You guys are experiencing that, that now. Like, I'm, I don't want to get on your individual players, but your offensive line is not playing that great. And you're seeing Najee not put up the same numbers. I know he had 99 yards last week, but he, it's, he doesn't have the same holes to run through or as, as other guys in the league or as he should. And I think that your offensive line is slowing down the development of picket, too. That, that's just, I mean, you guys are, are firsthand. You know that better yeah. than me. But just yeah. as an outsider, that's, that's right. what I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> now, to, to go to the question about the investment in the offensive line, it it was it was scary because I thought, you know, going into the Steelers week one, I'm like, all right, the offensive line is is relatively fixed. And, you know, we, we're bringing in Lyle Collins, who I'm thinking is like the big bully in the room. And mm. our bully got bullied by your bully. So it just it, – it was a, a big shock. But I'm going to say that that we we signed three guys. And Kappa, Karras as a center – and Collins is a tackle. Kappa and Karras are playing very well inside. You, you can't tell that because Joe Burrow's getting assaulted, but really the, the where it's coming from is really on the outside. So two of the three signings have been good. Lyle Collins has been up and down. He He's getting old. He's got a back problem. So yeah, it was a surprise. I thought we we just kind of fixed it and we were going to be set. although I'm not a big Jonah Williams fan as a Bengal fan, it's I don't want any of the Bengal fans to hear me say that, but since I'm <laughs> on your show, I can say that that he is a liability and it's showing up because he got killed by Garrett. And even you guys when you play this week one, normally TJ. Watt is on the you know on the right tackle. and he was a lot of that game, but he was switching over a little bit because everyone knows that Jonah Williams is vulnerable. So, Shannon, it was a big surprise. I thought we fixed it. We didn't. And Joe Burrow continues to get pounded to the point where I'm just hoping he could be normal.
0: Since week two, after the first two weeks for the Bengals, really, that was, you know, Joe Burrow's preseason. Uh, the Bengals are now 5-2 and two in that run. Uh, they had a bad loss to Cleveland, of course, just two weeks ago. Looking at this game, we've been penciling this in as this is going to be rough. This is going to be a really rough game, but it's incredibly important. Uh, if the Steelers win this, it's five and five and four and six, like yeah. or five and five and yeah, four and six. It's three and six. I don't know, four and six. Yeah,
2: you'd be four and I, four six. I, my, my brain, yeah. I'm sorry, my brain just <laughs> went
0: uh, yeah, we're within like that's that's doable. And we have the Bengals swept, all we have to do is gain a game. And we're ahead of you for winning the division, making the playoffs, all of that stuff. Uh, If the Bengals beat the Steelers, three and seven is really hard to get back into the race at that point. So this game has become like, especially for the Steelers, we have to win this. If we want to have this season bounce back to relevance and not just be, oh, yeah, we got to 500. okay, whatever, Uh, you know, kind of a goal. But to have a real goal and a shot at anything, the Steelers have to win this game and you're talking about the struggles of the the offensive tackles. TJ Watt is back. Alex Highsmith has been blossoming. Really, yeah. this season mm-hmm. has shown up and become something special. Are you feeling confident in this game, or does the, does the Steelers' return of TJ Watt have you feeling like maybe the Bengals are behind the eight ball on this situation?
2: Jeffrey, I'll tell you, man, It's I'm not looking at this as an easy game. I mean, that would be an insult to – the Steelers. And I don't care if the Steelers are three and six, they can still play with anybody in the league. You know, you have a great defense. You're a tough team. Your front four on the defensive line is incredible. You have the backs, you have the receivers, you have the tight end, you have a lot there. So three and six isn't really representative of, of your club. And yeah, I, I didn't realize how big of a game it is for you guys, actually. Cause if you go three and seven, that's kind of like the kiss of death. If you go four and six now you're you know you're you're heading back into the hunt and especially if you beat the Bengals twice so obviously as a Bengal fan I'm I'm gonna think that we're gonna win the game and I'm hoping that T.J. Watt is a little bit compromised coming back from his injury I didn't really see anything from him last week you guys would know better than me but I I don't know if you guys know but he got hurt tackling Joe Burrow he was trying to drag Joe Burrow down and his shoulder or his back just got you know stretched out too much and that's how he got hurt in that game and Highsmith was devastating that first game against us. They had him against Jonah most of the time. And he was he was like Joe Burrow's girlfriend. He was that close to him the whole time. <laughs> so, so yes, I think the Bengals are going to win this game because we have to, too. You know, like five and five, you're still in the hunt. But six and four, uh, you know, coming off a big win, a bye, getting people healthy, beating Pittsburgh, getting that divisional win. It's it's really a big game for us, too. It's, it's more dire for you guys but it really would set the tone for us. If we don't win, we're five and five, and now we're struggling to try to make the wild card at that point. So I, I think that we are going to win the game, and I know you, you guys don't want to hear that, but you know, Highsmith and T.J. Watt are going to be a problem. Hayward's going to be a problem, but I think that we're going to scheme things a little bit differently than the first game because we saw what happened. In the first game, we were like, all right, leave Lyle Collins on an island with T.J. Watt. You know, he's He's Joe Burrow's bodyguard, no problem there. And look what happened. I mean, he got one another one of those interceptions where he tips the ball at the line. like Just, just great stuff there. But I think we're going to be a little more prepared this time. And me, if I was game planning for the, for the Bengals, I would do everything I could to contain T.J. Watt. And a lot of it is moving the pocket for Joe Burrow. Get him out of the pocket. I mean, it's all the standard stuff when you have a weak offensive line. You want to have a little extra protection. You want to get the chips on the good defensive ends. You want to move the pocket. You want to throw some screens to the running back. You want to have quick passes. So I think that's what we're going to incorporate this game, and I think it's going to help us contribute to a win, although you're going to be all over mixing, and I know without Chase in there it's going to be a problem for us. But I can't go any other way than think that we're going to win this game because we need it just as badly as you guys.
1: I I love the optimism, Frank. I really do. I'm the eternal optimist, but I've a lot of my colleagues, including my brother, GB, they're all talking still about playoffs and and all that. And how many games they can win out of these last ones. And I kind of jumped off that train a a few weeks back and I'm all about the rebuild. Now I'm not saying I want them to lose, but I've been realistic in that, you know, you take, you guys, you have the quarterback, you have the, the team, to be a contender, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. Of course, the Browns got all kinds of issues at quarterback, yeah. but the Steelers are trying to develop a rookie quarterback, and we know the growing pains with that. So I'm looking for sustainable improvements each week, and, you know, I said before they needed to start small, you know, and, and getting in favorable third downs where they can convert those and, and improve the time of possession. Start small and build from that which they did last week, I guess, uh, you know, an inferior opponent, but they are starting to show some signs. I'm not so much worried about the playoffs and this game is important for reasons other than that to me. Cause I, 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 if they could continue to run the ball against a much better defense like the Bengals, like they did last week and have some success that way. And that offensive line starting to gel and starting to play better together. Um, You know, execute better, more precise. Uh, That's what I'm looking for. And if they can do that, I do think the defense, the Steelers' defense can hang with the Bengals without Chase, especially. And slow that down to keep the game close. And then it'll come down to a play here or there. Uh, You know, not trying to put everything on picket. That's why they need that running game. But defensively, I am very envious of your middle linebacker. Uh, everybody knows I'm, I'm a big fan of Wilson, a big fan, a fan of Pratt. Uh, to me this year, what a little bit I've got to watch, Pratt's playing like a pro bowler. Now, you, I don't watch him as closely as you do, and I wanted to see what your opinion is. Because every time I'm watching, even in the Cleveland game, he was the guy that was running chubs down. He was the guy that was tagging him and in one-on-one situations. Nobody else was. You know, uh, to me, Pratt took the next step in his development this year. Uh, what do you think about that?
2: I, I agree with you 100%. And obviously, as Steeler fans, you guys come from a, a great pedigree of linebackers. So I, I respect your opinion on this topic because you've seen a bunch of great ones. And, yes, I think I thought Pratt had a very good year last year heading mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. And you look at him as more of a thumper-type linebacker, but he's he's got range. He is, mm-hmm. believe it or not – you wouldn't expect it, but he is kind of a sideline to sideline linebacker, and Logan Wilson, same thing. I mean, you know, when he first came out his rookie year, I didn't think that I didn't think he had the strength. I don't know what happened. Like in his rookie year, I was like, he's just not strong enough for the position. He's getting bowled over. He's he's missing tackles. People are breaking his tackles, and I don't know what happened. I guess a year in the league, he just got stronger. Got his his dad muscles. I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know what it is, but he he got a lot better too. So yes. I agree that the linebackers are playing very well right now. Although, I don't know, Pratt against the pass is a little bit weak. I know he had the interception. So, you, you know, you see plays like that and that stands out, but he's a little more vulnerable, although he's not asked to cover that much. But Logan Wilson is definitely having a great low key year.
0: The Bengals defense looking to get DJ Reader and Mike Hilton back. I know we're not sure on DJ Reader. I think Mike Hilton claimed he is definitely going to play. Obviously, uh, Steeler fans, we're all familiar with Mike Hilton. We loved him here. Uh, how big are those two to your defense, especially DJ Reader and that run defense?
2: All right, DJ Reader is what makes it all happen for the run defense. When he came out, you could see we were a little more vulnerable. We we gave up more in the run, running game than we wanted to, but he is a major key to it. And I I haven't I know he's back. And he's allowed to practice, but I don't know if he's going to play against Pittsburgh. I really, no disrespect to you guys, but I think we're saving him for the next week, which is Derrick Henry. So, you you know, I mean, Najee's a great back, obviously, but I think they want to see Reeder be totally healthy to try to defend against Derrick Henry. Maybe that's a flaw. Maybe we're just overlooking you guys in that aspect, but he's got to be healthy. But yes, he was playing at a Pro Bowl level and he is, I had him as basically our defensive MVP before he went down, talking about DJ Reader. Now, mm-hmm. Hilton, and I don't know what you guys saw as as Pittsburgh fans, and you've seen much more of his career than I have, but he's, he's a slot corner, and he's an in-the-box guy. And even though he's small, he makes a lot of tackles in the backfield, he blitzes well, he doesn't have this... When he was with you guys, he was putting up crazy sack numbers. Mm-hmm. He's not doing that here, but he's still disruptive in the backfield. But I, I love him. I, I'll give him an A as a player coverage is a little bit of, of a vulnerability at points, especially when he's on like, and see you guys are nodding because you've probably seen it before. And when he, when he plays like larger wide receivers, or if they ever put him on a tight end, it's a little bit problematic. So there's times where I'm like, who let up that pass? And I'm like, freaking Hilton. But then like the next five plays, he's like making a great, you know, shoestring tackle in the backfield. So you can't really get mad at him, but he's not like a, He's not like that pure cover guy that you need in the slot, and I think you guys have a good one in molette but I think he's underachieving a little bit this year. I don't know what what what's been going on with him the last couple of weeks. You guys would know better, but yes, so that's the deal with Hilton, almost like, almost like a safety the way he plays in the box and in the backfield with eh, coverage skills. So I, I'm going to defer to your guys' opinion on that.
0: Yeah, Mike Mike Tomlin loves a position we call the slot linebacker. Just a small little defensive back who thinks he's a thinks he's an edge rusher. That's it.
2: (laughs) And you guys played it to perfection. I mean, Hilton had like what, like six, seven sacks the one year, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like uh, him and him and uh, Vince Williams that one year were just absolutely going off. They had like double the the tackles for a loss of any other players. It was crazy. I think it was 20 uh, early 2020. They just were going absolute ham. Those two Uh, Hilton, Hilton's best attribute to me is how well he times up that moment the quarterback stops looking around and looks in to get the snap and he like you'll have quarterbacks fake it. Hilton's just on his man and then he looks back up, goes back down, comes back down, Hilton stay there, he looks back up. The minute he goes down to actually get the snap, Hilton is off that guy and ready to blitz. That was always his best attribute in our defense and he was just a caused havoc because quarterbacks you just you'd have to look. You have to pick up the ball and then look to see it. Did Hilton come? Did that guy come? Because I didn't get to see. Because I had, like he's just he was that good. Uh, but yeah, any Steeler fan can tell you if you put him on an island with a with a decent court with a decent wide receiver, it's it's not going to be good.
2: Very true, and I, I like that deep dive in there into, you know, what he's doing when a quarterback oh. is lining up. That that's
0: I, I miss stuff. him. I I live for the pass. We're Steeler fans. We live for that pass rush, and he was just. <laughs> He was just deaf. We'd have we'd have teams switch offensive tackles off of TJ Watt onto Mike Hilton and TJ Watt would be coming unblocked because the other team was that worried about Mike Hilton. It was I'd see it and I'd just I'd be I'd be sitting there rewinding the film watching it again, being like, I don't I don't <laughs> believe they're doing this, but they would do
1: it. What's going on with um McPherson? The because I mean, you know, he had such a magical rookie year. And then the whole, you know, know, watching halftime from the sidelines and everything, and and he took a lot of grief for that. And and I figured he'd come back this year and, you know, build on that because it looked like the AFC North was loaded with Tucker and Boswell and and McPherson. You know, I mean, in all those teams, that kicker is so valuable the way their offenses are set up. Uh, But he doesn't seem to be on the same page this year or the same pace as he – was last year is it is there something going on that we're not saying
2: yeah i think i think just a couple things and one i call evan mcpherson or at least i called him last year the joe burrow of kickers Mm. he (laughs) uh, you guys probably don't know the inside stuff on him but like he actually practices slowing down his heartbeat so when he's faced with like a crazy situation high pressure he's like i guess a little more calm than the average person because he's actually practiced those Mm. kind of inner body techniques, whatever. But uh, so I I consider him the Joe Barrow kickers because he's so cool. He's so talented. He doesn't get phased under pressure. What I think is going on this year, and this is probably a bad excuse because I really like him as a player. So anyone out there, don't trust me on this. This is just the Homer's opinion, but I'm almost going to blame it on the long snapper, like having the new long snapper. And he's missed a few. Some of them have just been on him, but there was two in particular that he missed that were like high snaps or snaps like behind the the holder mm-hmm. where he had to come down with it. So as a Evan McPherson apologist, I'm gonna say two of those weren't his fault. The other ones, I don't understand why, but I, I still, hey, if we're playing you guys and we need a 59 yarder to win it at the at the buzzer, I will, I would bet a hundred bucks that he's going to hit it. So I don't know, Homer
0: or reality.
2: (laughs) I I still believe Shannon. I still believe.
0: (laughs) All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to do a quick commercial break. If you're with us on YouTube, just stay with us. Uh, We'll just pause here for a minute and we'll be right back. Brian cut the tape now. And we're back. Uh, here with Frank from the unofficial Bengals podcast. Frank, overall for the Bengals offense right now, obviously without Jamar Chase, uh what do the Steelers need to do to, to disrupt the Bengals offense and really keep them low scoring? If as, as, as you can look at the Steelers score lines and know if our opposing team scores 20 points, we're losing that game. <laughs> we're, we're not winning that game, but what do the Steelers have to do to keep the Bengals down to around 17 points in this game?
2: Yeah, Jeffrey, before I go into that, you are so right. I couldn't believe the stat. I know you guys scored 20 last week, but I think prior to that, you you hadn't scored more than like 15 or 16 in any of the games. And I was shocked because you really do have weapons. I know the offensive yep. line is struggling, but look at your receiver core, even without Claypool. It's it's a good group. Fryer-Muth is Muth is a great tight end. He's at the top of the position in the league. And Naji, like, I, I just don't understand why you're, why you're not putting up more points. You guys are better equipped to talk on that than I am. Well, oh, sorry about that. I, I, heard the bell there. Yeah. But this, as far as what, what you guys need to, I thought, I thought you were cutting me off like at the
1: yeah.
2: Oscars. <laughs> no, shit. We need that was get my to get the phone. <laughs> <laughs> what you, what you simply need to do is what you did last game. If, if Watt and Highsmith and Hayward in the middle can keep causing that pressure, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get to Joe Burrow. You're going to affect his passing. It, they're going to be trying to force it to mix in. You guys are going to be ready for that. So really it, it it's up front because I don't believe in your secondary and you have a couple injuries, obviously Minka with the Joe Burrow appendix injury is going to be out witherspoon is still nursing that hamstring so you're you're down a little bit, and even the first game, that's how I was. Like I was like, oh my god, we could kill this secondary, but we didn't have time to even see them. So that's the key for you guys winning this game. The same thing. Let us be back there saying, oh, all right, we're going to pick apart, you know, uh, Levi Wallace or who, you know whoever you have back there, and Joe Burrow not having the time to do that. That's exactly what happened in the first game, and that's your key to winning.
1: Yeah, the the defense is always the key for the Steelers because. I was looking at the the standings and everything and points for and points against and and it just I seen 140 points of the season for the Steelers. Um, longest touchdown scored eight yards. Uh, you know, Pickett's played five full games, got two touchdowns, and I mean, just mm-hmm. the numbers are are really staggering. And yet, our offensive coordinator Matt Canada still has a job. And you know, people was like, Well, you gotta give him credit because they look better against the Saints. I think one of two things happened. I think they took some of the responsibility away from him, and that's why they look different. It was a more of a simplified approach. I think they they approached uh, Najee Harris and said, Hey, you know, you gotta quit tiptoeing around, you're gonna have to run like you're 6'2 and 245. Mm. You know, I think that they said, Hey guys, you gotta take some pride in your performance on the offensive line, and you're going to have to, you know, execute these blocks and hold these blocks. And they worked together and they played better. But I, I, I stopped short of giving Canada credit like a lot of people wanted to. With that in mind, what can the Steelers do to attack the Bengals' defense? I mean, give us some secrets here. You know, you're on our show, so you won't get in any trouble. Right, what, what should the Steelers need to do to exploit the Bengals' defense?
2: Okay, so what's going on is with uh, Cheeto Awuzie out for the year, he was like our shutdown corner. So now you're going to have Eli Apple and you're going to have Cam Taylor Britt out there who's a rookie. And Cam Taylor Britt has only played a couple games. He's still getting his sea legs underneath him. So I think that's going to be a major key. If you can find a way to get Deontay on him and and try to get those one-on-ones and Exploit that matchup. I think that's going to be big for you guys. And then Friermuth, I'd say all day. Like I don't, I don't. I'm not even sure if Najee's going to have a great game with the offensive line and the way our defense is playing. No disrespect, obviously, mm, but yeah. I think Fry I think Fry, I think you pick on Taylor Britt, and I think you go with Friermuth because we had um Trey Flowers is covering tight ends. It's weird. He's he's like former first round corner for the Seahawks, and we've we. I think our coaching has very intelligently made him a tight end cover guy. He's not, he can't cover wide receivers. I don't know. He's too tall, too slow. I don't know, but he, he's very effective on tight ends, but he's got, he's banged up with a hamstring injury. So your key exploit Taylor Britt and get it to Fryer early and often and pick it scrambling too. If we're not spying him, I've seen, he's he's been very dominant with his legs in the, in the mm-hmm. games that I've seen from him. I think that's that's going to be a secret too where it's like, you know, third and 13 and Pickett runs for 14 yards. So those would be the three things. I know they're not the the sexiest things, you know, you're not going to use Najee, you're not going to be bombing the ball downfield. but I think that's the the key to you guys beating the Bengals from an offensive perspective.
1: I noticed that bef- the Bengals before the Browns game had not given up a touchdown in the second half to anybody. And then they give up a couple there to the Browns. I haven't really paid attention. How has the, their second half defense has still been strong in the last few games, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, and Shannon, that's what was happening last year. And in Coach in Zach Taylor's first year and Lou Anarumo, when they, you know, a couple years back, we were getting killed at halftime. You know, teams were coming out of the locker room and just destroying us. And I was like, you know what? This is bad coaching. These guys just don't know what they're doing. And for some reason last year, I started seeing it. The second half of games would come And we would start being the better team. And that's continued on to this year. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the genius or just the luck of it all is. But they're making really, really good halftime adjustments. And you have to give credit to the coaching Mm -hmm. staff. I know Coach Taylor isn't the most heralded coach out there. But offensively, we're coming out of the gate in the second half, scoring points. Defensively, we're shutting teams down. And that's the defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, Seeing what worked against us in the first half and saying, no, we're going to eliminate it in the second half. Mm -hmm. The Browns are an anomaly. They just have our numbers. So, of course, we have this excellent streak going, and we lose that to the Browns as well. (laughs) It was just like a total whooping. But anyway, so look look out for that, too. You know, if you have some success early, we're going to probably game plan and make it a little bit tougher in the second half. And that is coaching.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here with a little bit on the uh the Matt Canada question I'm gonna say shannon I I'm, I'm gonna say this to Shannon and everyone listening I've been saying this Matt Canada's offense works when the when the team he has can run the ball up the middle what happened last week we had success running the ball up the middle all of his offense looked better and still still we scored 20 points on six scoring chances we had six times we either scored a touchdown or kicked a field goal and we scored 20 points that was terrible absolutely terrible we just cannot convert good drives into points uh and and really that to me if you want to know how the Bengals can beat the Steelers don't let us run up the middle if you don't let Matt Canada have success running the ball up the middle the rest of his offense falls apart it's college into the NFL everywhere. If, if he can run up the middle and all of a sudden everything his offense does works and it looks good. And that's, that's what we saw last week. Uh, that's, that's one of the reasons I'm really hoping DJ reader isn't in this game because that, that if we're going to have a hope, if we're going to have a hope of winning this game, we have to be able to run up the middle. Cause I cannot believe our defense will hold. I mean, holding the Bengals to 24 points would be a successful game. And if you if you if they Djangles score 24 points, the Steelers are probably not winning it. Like that's that's just that's just how it is. Uh, but I wanted to to specifically ask you, how is how is Eli Apple doing? Eli Apple was kind of a mm-hmm. meme there for a while for just getting absolutely toasted by people, mostly because he, he opened his mouth and talked about him, you know and then and then they get something on him. Uh, but how has he been doing? for the Bengals and between George Pickens and uh, Deontay Johnson, who would you want to see him cover this week?
2: You know, I apologize that I haven't brought up Pickens in this conversation because I'm, I'm excited about him as a player. I'm, you know, obviously I do not like the Steelers. Let's not lie, no disrespect, but (laughs) I'm, I'm excited about him. And last week, I know he ran the ball a little bit. He's still getting his NFL legs underneath him. It's hard for a receiver to come in and be dominant right away, especially if your quarterback doesn't have the proper time to throw. So he is, he is definitely some someone to highlight. I would say – see, Eli Apple is one of those guys that everyone loves to hate because he was a first-round pick, I think 10th in the draft for the Giants, mm-hmm. and he never panned out. And now he's on, like, his third or four, four, probably fourth team at this point in us. He's not that bad. I swear. I yeah. watch I watch these games. I re-watch these games. Like, I'm not just, like, some blind, like, like oh, Eli f- Apple, he's one of our guys. He's great. Yeah. It's not like that. He He plays – very well, but when he gets burned, it just is front page news. And he got mm-hmm. toasted in the Super Bowl by Cooper Cup. But I say anyone would, and even the play—you guys might not remember the Super Bowl as vividly as I do, obviously. But the <laughs> play at the end of the game where Cooper Cup scored—I'm like, give me a give me a corner who is going to defend that. It's easy to just pick on Eli Apple. you got burnt here, yeah, but. I, like even Jalen Ramsey wasn't gonna wasn't gonna cover that effectively. So back to the original question, Eli Apple is definitely better than everyone thinks he is outside of this building. Problem is he's having a hamstring injury, so he's not a hundred percent. And if I was going to have him cover anybody, I would put him on Pickens because he's he's bigger, and I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up with Johnson on on these long sprinting routes downfield.
1: Yeah, we had one of our viewers, the great one O three, said that Eli Apple is the Bengals version of Terrell Edmonds because Terrell Edmonds is good. such a quality player and a consistent contributor. The best ability is availability and the dude just don't miss. He is so tough. He's so reliable. His speed when they, he didn't get to play like against the bills. I mean, the mm-hmm. bills were just, it was like a racing up and down the field, scoring, on deep yeah. balls, because he covers so much and prevents so many splash plays because of his speed, and but he gets no respect because everybody's like, well, he's the first round pick. He should make more splash plays. He should have more interceptions, you know, and because he's never, you know, been good at, at uh he's had a few balls hit him in the hands this year and he's yeah. dropped them, you know, and, but he doesn't get the credit he deserves. You was talking about uh the guy that the Bengals have as being the guy they put to shut down tight ends, that's who Edmonds is for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. If, if a tight end's having a good first half, say he gets matched up with Robert Spillane a lot, and he's <laughs> having a good first half. The second half, Steelers put Edmonds on him, and then, you know, you don't hear nothing from him the rest of the game. But um, I've seen the same thing with Apple, and I think that a lot of times these cornerbacks, if they're going to talk, they need to have that bravado, but, you know, again, it, it's going to put him in the crosshairs. And and Eli yeah. definitely put himself in the crosshairs. But, you know, for fans like yourself, you know, who watch them every week, you have a respect for him just like we do for Terrell Edmonds.
2: And when I see Edmonds, I, I mean, I don't know what the other perception around the league is, but I look at him as a quality player. I don't mm. – again, you guys see every snap, so you see the ups and the downs and what people are saying about him, but – you know, when I look at your safety tandem on paper, I'm like, that's that's trouble.
1: Yeah.
0: Tyler Boyd, okay, uh, obviously pit guy, local kid. Uh, we all love him here except that he's a Bengal. Uh, <laughs> we, I expected this team looking at it, sitting there looking at Jamar Chase, T. Higgins and him, saying this is a team that could post, you know, like three 1,000-yard receivers. They really could with Tyler Boyd being your number three. I, that's just a mismatch for anybody, uh, but he has kind of disappeared in this offensive. But I mean, he's still getting a bit of numbers, but he's he's clearly not on the same level uh, of of success here as Higgins and and Chase. Uh, what's going on with Tyler Boyd, and and do you think he'll be a bigger impact in this game? Yeah, and
2: you know what, I'm going to say that in three or four years, Tyler Boyd is probably going to be a stealer. So you you guys will get what you want and you'll yeah. you'll have fun with that when he's there. But I, he's like the, the third option for Joe Burrow. That's the reality. Cause every game I go into, I'm looking at the slot corner on the other team, including this game again, no disrespect. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking like Boyd is just going to light it up, light it up, light it up. But Burrow's looking on the outside more often, truthfully. Like there's times where I'm just like, throw it to Boyd, throw it to Boyd and he's always reliable But when Chase is in there, Burrow has eyes for Chase only. And if Chase is occupied, he's looking for Higgins. So that's what's going on with Boyd. He's a little bit of an afterthought, but still dangerous, still makes big plays. He blocks so well. Like, he just does everything great. The splash numbers aren't there. And I don't think he's going to put up a 1,000-yard season anytime in the near future with the other two guys around based on Joe Burrow's preferences. But, man, he is still a very, very good player and a very effective weapon and I really hope he gets the best of Molet this week.
1: I heard uh, Burrow in a press conference. It might have been yesterday, and he was like, I guess explaining, you know, what happened in the first game, and you know, which we all said, you know, he didn't get to play any. They rested all the starters, didn't play at all in the preseason, so they were rusty, and he was coming off the appendectomy. Uh, and then you have this week now – uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is, you know, when these two teams play, somebody has appendicitis. I don't know what it is, <laughs> if it's something in the water or, or what, but uh, Fitzpatrick says he's going to play. Uh, hopefully wow. he does if he's healthy enough. But did you see uh, Devontae Kazee's performance uh, last week against the Saints? Because Kazee gives them an option where they don't have to leave Robert Splane out there necessarily. To be a coverage liability, because if they go three safeties, uh, which we didn't get to see Fitzpatrick last week, but if he plays, I think that could be a big difference that Burrow might not be considering. He says, "I ain't gonna throw four interceptions this week," and and I doubt he does. I mean, I, I understand, but I'm just saying that that might be something that different for the Steelers matching up with the Bengals from the first game. Did you get a chance to see him play against the Saints?
2: No, but I I know that he had an interception, am I correct in that?
1: Yeah, and he had some big pass breakups too.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't I I I confess I did not see any of his action against the Saints. I really just saw the the stat line on it. Mm-hmm. But Minka is crazy if he if he's going to come back and play after appendicitis this soon. It's just you can't mess around with your core when you have I know it's a useless organ they say, but just Again, he's a stealer. I don't want him to do well. But as a human being, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. want him to mess up his life. Yeah. It's not worth it. So I, I'm very shocked that he's going to play this game. And, um, no, I, I guess I, I guess you're going to surprise me with Kazee, and he's going to end up, you know, like, making some <laughs> huge play in this game. And I'm going to call you out, Shannon. I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh <laughs> Some reporter asked Joe Burrow. I don't know if you saw this. Asked if he had any advice for uh his Patrick recovering recur- for appendicitis, and he's like, you know, maybe give it another week of rest, <laughs> which, which was pretty funny. Good um, advice. Good advice. <laughs> it, it was. Um, before we're 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 coming up against our our, our end here, but uh, uh, before we let you go, I want we always want to get a score prediction for the game, but I, I also want to get from you as a as a Bengals fan. I want to get a prediction. Where do you think the AFC North is headed? Obviously, we're not going to see you guys again this year unless somehow we play in the playoffs, which is unlikely. Uh, so, where, where, how do you think the AFC North is gonna is gonna sort out at the end of this season?
2: All right, here's the problem. I want to see the Bengals on top, and you know, as the homer, I would say, oh, the Bengals are going to win the division. Unfortunately, with our slow start, we're a little bit behind the eight ball. And Baltimore has a really easy schedule. And we have the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, you guys, uh, tennis at Tennessee. It's like this gauntlet. So we're going to have to play like perfect football, and they're going to just have to play mediocre football just for us to tie them. So I don't think that's going to happen. It pains me to say it. So I'm going to say that Baltimore ends up on top. I'm going to say Cincinnati in second. And I'm not going to (laughs) – I'm not going to give my last two. I don't want all your, all your listeners to get mad at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, I think... Just, just say the Steelers finish ahead of the Browns. Just, just, don't just say that. Just say that and we'll, we'll be fine. Okay, you know what? The Steelers finish ahead of the Browns because
2: they have the tiebreaker because they beat them head-to-head or something. No, but um, I I, I don't think a, a playoff berth is in your guys' future for this season just because, yeah, I... you know, you got a lot of losses right now. You're still figuring out the offensive line. Pickett is still getting his sea legs underneath him. So... I think it's going to unfortunately be Baltimore at the top, but I don't fear them in the playoffs. I think Cincinnati's going to get some kind of wild card. And then you two guys are going to be, you know, picking a little bit higher in the draft and rebuilding. But Shannon, that's what you said. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of thought that this year might be a little bit of a rebuild and regroup year, especially with the first year without Ben. I mean, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. I know, I know we talked about it last time. Ben's elbow was so shot the last year and a half. I saw it. I, I, I was happy because I'm a Bengal fan, but I'm like, this guy can't throw downfield anymore. So obviously we know the result of that, but a great career from him. He gave you guys a, a lot of great moments and always kept you in things. So mm-hmm. yes, that's the way the division shakes out. But I think the Bengals get to the dance, get hot at the end. We have the chief's number, the Josh Allen elbow thing. Don't discount that. That's major and Cincinnati yeah. in the Super Bowl even though you guys don't want it.
0: <laughs> and as well, far as I, 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 if you go back and look at the 2005 Steelers, they started rough, had to had to win had a brutal end of season schedule. I I know, I know. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> apologies to Carson Palmer's leg. Uh but but we we kind of put the record out there on how to do exactly that. Recover from a rough first half. Yeah. Come back strong. And and go through. And the Bengals showed already they can do that. They don't have to be the number one seed uh, to get on a roll in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to get a prediction for you, the score in this game.
2: Okay. Everyone
0: always picks their team to win, so don't feel bad. Everyone always picks (laughs) their team to win.
2: I'm going to say 31-3 Steelers. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And if that happens, I'm not coming on the show ever again. (laughs) Um,
0: You have it here first. Yeah.
2: I, I have the game, and on my own podcast, this is what I said, and I didn't put a lot of thought into it. I just said 24-16 Bengals. I'm thinking you guys are going to kind of score what you normally score, and <laughs> I'm thinking one touchdown, a bunch of field goals. Boswell, that's a big loss. He, I, I know he didn't oh, kick yeah. last week. I don't assume he's back this week either.
1: Nope. No. So, yeah. Our, yeah. So, maybe, that 16,
2: maybe the 16 becomes a 13. No, no offense, but I don't know. I think the Bengals are going to put up a few touchdowns more touchdowns than you guys are going to put up. And when you match touchdowns against field goals, you know, you're going to win that way.
0: It's not hard to put up more touchdowns than this Steelers team. Let's just <laughs> We have, we have yet to, uh, in fact, you, you go back to the Bengals game. It took the defensive touchdown to get us above 20 points. Uh, so, so that's great. But I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, you've been a great guest. Let everyone know where uh, they can see your stuff and then we'll let you go.
2: All right. And Jeffrey Shannon, it was a pleasure. And I, I hate the Steelers. I hate the Steelers. And when I talk to you guys, I don't hate them as much. So whatever you're doing <laughs> is working. I like it. But anyway, the name of my show is called The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bengals Pod.
0: So everyone, after the Steelers win 31-3, to you have to go watch <laughs> The Unofficial Bengals Podcast to listen to the train wreck of a show where I'm, I'm assuming if that happens you will be crying on the podcast yeah okay so, so. all right well thank you so much for being on we had a great Thanks, time we learned a lot about great you, buddy. And, real pleasure uh, we'll let you go and the shannon and i will close out the show
2: do your thing absolute pleasure guys
0: see you buddy. all right thank you sir oh shannon all right, I, I I I saw your face when he was saying Ben Roethlisberger's elbow and he lost his arm strength. I saw your face. I just want to recognize that.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, uh, Shannon, what do you what do you think this game? I mean, this is a game we walked into. Approaching it felt like, man, the Bengals are back. The Bengals are getting going. We saw those games from Jamar Chase where his last two games before he was out had over a hundred yards. Burrow has like 400 yards. They're they're starting getting going. Now we've had this two games since. You heard him talking about edge rushers and how they they really can't stop them. Highsmith could have an absolute monster game again. Uh, you hear, you, you look, you see Jamar Chase is out. You know, the, we, the Steelers struggle. We don't really have a true number one corner. Well, they lost their number one wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Is this game... Realistically winnable. I mean, like not the Steelers have a chance, but the Steelers. Should should the Steelers win this game?
1: Well, I was going to bring it up, but we didn't get to it. But they're going to be wearing their white and black oh, yeah. uniforms, and then the Steelers are going to be wearing a throwback uniform, I think, as well. The color uh, rush. Color rush. That's what it is. And which I
0: think they're like seven and one when they wear the color yeah, rush.
1: Yeah, they lost to mm-hmm. Buffalo that uh, the one year in wearing those uniforms. So, and then there was another statistic I seen that, um, that they're also super successful. Um, And so it really made it, you know, at home and it made it seem like, you know, that the stores had a real advantage there. Uh, I'm worried about the pigeons not being there because they said that (laughs) being an afternoon game, that the pigeons might not be there. And they're the good luck, you know, 2-0 and with the Pigeons. So, um, no, I, I think that Chase being out is big because we remember what the Steelers did to the Bengals, even with Burrow his rookie year. Uh, bad weather game. It was real windy that day. Ben could throw the ball in the wind, and Burrow struggled. And he didn't have Chase back then, and the Steelers, you know, really put a licking on him, there in Pittsburgh. Uh, before he got injured. Then last year, Chase comes in, and the Steelers struggled mightily to to match up with those receivers. Without Chase, I think they match up a lot better, especially with Kazee. See, I think Kazee, this will be his first matchup against the Bengals, and I think he's going to really be a difference maker. And as you said, with Watt and Highsmith, you mm-hmm. know, Burr's been running for his life a lot of times against the better pass rushers, and I'm hoping that's going to continue. I was also encouraged by Wallace last week. Levi Wallace really played a solid game, what I expected him to do all season, but he started out really slow for the Steelers. So, defensively, I think the Steelers can really keep the Steelers in the game. It's all going to come down, can Pickett play another clean game, but he's going to have to hit them throws that he missed last week. Mm Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's going to be another bad weather game. You know, last week it was windy. And I think some of them throws, you know, you can just tell the ball was selling on him. Now, I think he was also trying to make sure that if he missed, yeah, that he missed, that nobody was going to catch it, you know, because mm-hmm. he would miss by a wide margin, you know. Um, but, and he also had the, you know, Najee Harris, it would have been a good catch, don't get me wrong, but it did hit him in the hands. You know, they left some points out there, as we said. Maybe. If he can be a little tighter this week and a little more precise, uh, I think that they can score enough to to make it interesting. And uh, But, again, like I've said, I'm really anxious to see. Now, I know Reader won't be in there, he said, probably. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we're hoping for. If they can continue to build on that success from last week and run that football effectively, you know, I'll take them four-yard runs, man. Four- mm-hmm. and five-yard runs are beautiful. That can set you up with third and shorts, and they're getting better at converting them. Yep. So I'm I'm thinking that this could be a close game.
0: I I think so too. I'm I'm man. I'm talking myself into like really thinking the Steelers sh- not just can but really should win this game. Like the door is open for them. Mm-hmm. The door really is with Jamar Chase out, if, especially if Reader's out. The door is open for you to really do this. Uh Mike Mike Hilton and their nickel, you know, who cares? We don't we, we don't run three wide receivers right now that much, anyways. Uh so I, I think this really has a chance for the Steelers to do something special, especially if they if, like you said, they can romp the ball at the middle. Deontay Johnson, uh, and Kenny Pickett seem to be on a better uh page together timing wise and in their chemistry. If they can build on that, uh, this is a team. That really could push, and and if they win this game, they're back in the hunt. They're back in it uh, to try and and go pretty far. Obviously, they're well behind the Ravens. They got two games against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're you are pretty close to controlling your own destiny inside the division if you win this game, uh, the Steelers. So that's that's big. That's big. Like I, 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 really was ready to give up on this season, and TJ Watt came back, and I was kind of jokingly saying the Steelers were going to go like, uh, <laughs> you know, nine and eight. But man, are, that's that's kind of in the cards. That's kind of there, hanging on uh, there. That's in the picture. That's still feasible. So it's, it's crazy to me.
1: Uh, if you think about all the guys last the first game, mm-hmm. Warren didn't play. Not really. I mean, yeah. I, I, uh, Sims didn't play Yep. who can really be a, a mismatch in the middle of the field. If they work him out of that slot zone, which they are going to use some two tight ends, of course. And, it and then cause he didn't play. He did yeah. Cause Z didn't play. So, yeah. I mean, those are three difference makers, uh, and Pickens play, but he's definitely more of a factor now with Claypool gone, you know, he's going to get, see more targets. So it's really – I can't put a lot into what happened in the first game because it's going to be so different. Uh, but when you look at everything on paper, it doesn't look like a blowout in any way to me. Then also, if you go back to that first
0: game, what really hurt the Steelers the most, the real thing the Bengals had going was Jamar Chase, uh-huh. over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh-huh. And then uh, Joe Mixon had something like 60-some yards receiving.
1: Uh-huh.
0: He had a pretty decent game running, but – Mixon always gets some yards, but it's never like he's taken over the game against the Steelers. Uh Devin Bush is playing better. He is his coverage, at least in coverage and in run support, is playing a lot better than he was Week One.
1: Uh, at I, least I think he's he gets, going in the right direction. Oh yeah, Mixon. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: De, Devin Bush in, in, in Week One, we I was sitting there saying, well. Better than he looked in the preseason, at least. You know, I, I was stretching there to get it, but now he's actually like, yeah. you know, I, I was hoping he'd get back to that Mark Barron level of play where he's a reliable coverage guy, but not a great linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think he's above that right now. Not a lot. He's not what you'd hope for a ten top 10 pick. I say he's uh, better
1: but, than Barron. I agree with that. Yeah. 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 He,
0: he is. He, he's playing a lot better. That linebacker core is going to be hard for them to exploit. Is, and I, I, is Miles Jack coming back for this game?
1: Uh, I, I thought, thought he'd come back to practice today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, so I assume that. that means
1: yes.
0: Yeah. I assume it does too. But uh, oh, I just called it up. He's not even listed on the injury report. So yeah. I'm guessing yeah. he's back. Uh, but the, the linebacker should be better. Uh, I don't think we're going to see them have a lot of trouble uh, with Joe Mixon, especially in the passing game. And without Jamar Chase. Steelers can cover T. Higgins. The only time T. Higgins gives them trouble is when T. Higgins is on Cam- is, is on Cameron Sutton and they're having to shift help over to Jabbar Chase's side, and you've got Cameron Sutton one-on-one with T. Higgins, that's not a matchup. Cam Sutton's gonna win. Right? Yeah, He's don't a forget solid the,
1: Don't forget the Pierre play last year. Oh, I know. That was yeah, that was bad.
0: That was pretty bad too. <laughs> well, James, James Pierre is not equipped to, to deal with any like deep threat wide receiver. He's yes, just not built yes, for that. Yeah. He's just not. You got you got to know your limitations of the guy you're playing. Yep. Uh but that that shouldn't be an issue. Like I, I sit there and look and I say like yeah, Tyler Boyd always has a good game against us but does that matter? Joe Burrow, it doesn't matter if Joe Burrow doesn't look his way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I mean I'm not afraid of Hayden Hurst. Like that's like your tight end issue there. Like no one's afraid of th- I I'm not I'm not really afraid of this team right now. Their defense is, is solid, but honestly, with T.J. Watt, if T.J. Watt and Minka patrick and Devontae Kazee all play, like uh, and Miles Jack, all, they all play, I, I don't think the Bengals' defense is better than ours. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid of that offense. I, I think this is a good matchup right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I agree. All right, with that, coming up on an hour, Shannon your prediction for this game.
1: I've, I've been thinking about it and I've kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, a lot of times I want to pick, uh, 20 points, 21 points. Cause that's what the Steelers, you know, 21 meets three touchdowns. A lot of times. Yeah. And, and it's just hard for me to imagine that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick with the, my prediction. um, and I, and I hate to do it, uh, but I'm going to say 24 um, 20. Bengals.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's about right. 24 points is about right for the Bengals, and 20 points is exactly the ceiling for the. That's Steelers.
1: what it keeps I keep saying. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. It'd be great if it was 24 20 Steelers, but I'm gonna have to stick with that right now.
0: I'm gonna go. I I see. I think. We're going to see a little things different this this week. I think with Matthew Wright at kicker uh, and Tomlin stuck with him, they signed him off someone's practice squad. They cannot cut him right now. He has to be on the roster for at least two weeks. Uh, so he is definitely here this week. I think you're going to see the Steelers be a little more aggressive. I think you're seeing see them go for it on fourth downs a few times when they would have normally uh, kicked a field goal. I think you're going to see that pay off. And I think we're gonna see a defensive touchdown. I'm just gonna just put oh, that out there. Oh, I've been calling for it, TJ. For the Steelers. For the Steelers. Oh wow, good. good. For the Steelers, <laughs> and because of that, we're gonna get above 20 points. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with 23. They get a field goal and miss an extra point for the Steelers, and I'm gonna go with 20. I'm going to let's, go uh, let's go with something weird. Let's go with uh, 16 points oh. for the Bengals 23 16 Steelers. Uh, I have talked myself into the Steelers winning this game, <laughs> which I'm good at. I I think I think every week the fans can go in and see. I start the game, I start the show like, man, the Steelers, there's no way the Steelers are going to win this week. And by the end of it, I'm like, you know what? The Steelers are going to come out here and, <laughs> and win a Super Bowl this week. oh my goodness anyway all right shannon uh let people know what you have coming up this week
1: well i'm just working on an article about how the first half of the season the Steelers' offensive focus was you know to begin the year was trubisky harris johnson and claypool and that was ineffective and inefficient and now where we see hope and in the second half it's pickett harris uh pickens and Fairview and i mm-hmm. like where that's going well harris slash warren and running back so I, I like their 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 offensive um potential better in the second half of the year so that's what i'm working on right now
0: all right uh for me coming up uh dave schofield and i have a vertex coming out it may be coming out tomorrow about the improved usage of deontay johnson and it's not focused on Deontay Johnson. It's focused on on what the team is doing around him and why all of a sudden it worked. Right there, a lot of the same routes, but Deontay Johnson was open. Uh, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good one. I, I was very proud of this one. It I was, you know, I shouldn't say proud. Sometimes the film falls in your lap, and sometimes you're watching the film desperate to find anything in there, and sometimes it's just the game. Has a great storyline, and this is one of them is, is what happened with Deontay Johnson and why he worked well. Uh, the film was just was right there for it, it was great. Uh, so check out that vertex, that should be coming tomorrow or the day after. Uh, that's it for our show tonight. I want to say thanks to Frank for coming on, he was a great guest. It was a great yep. talk. It's always, it's always fun to get good people from teams that we hate, you know, that mm-hmm. you can like your fans, uh, at least some of them, not most of them. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, while you don't like their team, uh, so that's always great. Thanks. Thanks to Frank for coming on it. Absolutely. When the Steelers win this game, I'm now convinced of it. It's going to happen. Everyone go check out the unofficial Bengals podcast. Uh, don't, don't troll them or anything, but go ahead and listen and, and see what the Bengals are like after they lose to the Steelers twice in a season <laughs> where the Steelers are are this bad, uh, <laughs> just, just for fun. But anyways, uh, That is it for our show. So thank you so much for listening. As always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers.